Hi everyone, I'm Nerd Bomber. And I'm Tactic, and we're two of the hosts of the Online Warriors podcast. Our podcast started as a way for three best friends to keep in touch and discuss their nerdy hobbies like movies, gaming, tech, and more. Since then, we've grown into a great community. Every Wednesday, we chat about the latest nerdy news before getting hands-on with our weekly nerdy adventures. And don't forget our high-stakes trivia game. Come join the fun at OnlineWarriorsPodcast.com and every major podcast platform. And now, back to Collateral Cinema. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Oregon. And I'm Ashley Chancellor. And this is Collateral Cinema and Collateral Gaming. Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We're podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so whatever you have, be it dabs, blunts, bongs, or joints, smoke it if you've got it. And welcome to our first car-based or racing-based movie of the season so far, right? Yeah. All right, yeah. We're going to do two of these, right? <laughs> yeah, we're actually doing two of these this season, which is kind of a new thing. Uh, this is something that Robert usually brings to the podcast at least, you know, once a season. Yeah, it's like he brings movies that are based around racing or like specific cars or whatever, you know, because he's a bit of a car nerd. <laughs> nerding it. Yeah. You're, ner you're nerding out even right now. Yeah, I got to get my history right. Yeah, yeah, of course. American man, history. I mean, th this movie that we're going to talk about, this is very car extensive, extremely car extensive, and it's coming from a, a video game franchise that itself is uh, like a real classic in the uh, world of uh, racing gaming, you know? Yeah, and that's, definitely. And that's, of course, Need for Speed. Now, I guess first things first, we should probably talk a little bit about the games themselves. Uh, the, the first Need for Speed came out on PC and PlayStation back in the early to mid-90s, I believe. A, a little out, a, I think it was uh, almost a launch game for uh, PlayStation, I believe. Yeah, I actually, I've played the Need for Speed series here and there. Um, I've never really gotten into racing games extensively. I think the one that I played the most was Burnout. But, um, but yeah, no, Need for Speed is a lot of fun. I mean, we were playing it on your uh, PlayStation Classic the other day, and I was really getting into it. I really wanted to be number one <laughs> with yeah, that race. Yeah, I mean, it has a really great fast-paced kind of action to it that was kind of uh, unique to 3D racing games. Like, maybe, like, Daytona uh, on uh, Sega was kind of maybe close to that and everything. And, and of course, you know, uh, Rage Racer. You know, the first or the first Ridge Racer and everything. But uh, yeah, then my my favorite out of the original uh, games is Need for Speed 2. I have like a lot of really, really great memories of that game. Um, I mean, me and my buddy uh, Joey, I've, I've mentioned him on this podcast before, jo Joey or Joseph, I guess he likes to be called nowadays. <laughs> um, yeah, that was uh, one of the first racing games that we got for the uh, PlayStation at the time. And it was really memorable because it had a lot of really fun, unlockable cars to it, you know, like really nonsensical things. Like one of them was like a newspaper stand and one of it was like <laughs> literally like a redwood log or something like that. Another one was like literally a fucking T-Rex. I'm serious, Damn. a goddamn T-Rex. And this was all back in the days when, you know, you didn't have to like play a game to unlock, you know, certain things. You could just... You know, find a, a code and get the, unlock. Cheat codes, right? Just get your cheat codes and you just unlock it and everything. But, you know. Or, that, or pay for it. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, that, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I remember playing a lot of the, like, stuntman in the driver games, you know. 
Yeah, stuntman and driver were interesting. Like, like stuntman was cool. I mean, you were pretty much like choreographing and filming like actual stunts. Oh scenes. yeah, you were like a stuntman uh, filming a movie, right? Yeah. Damn it. And uh, Midnight Club, right? That was cool as shit. Midnight Club was an interesting game. I mean, I only really played like I, th- I think I played the second one more than anything. You know, which is of course weird when it comes to racing. Uh, games. I'm always playing the second game, the sequel, but... Honestly, yeah, these Need for Speed games become more of a simulator than more than anything, right? Yeah. Wh- which ones did you play uh, recently, or just, or just ever? ever? Yeah, growing ever. up, or... Uh, I played a lot of Carbon on the 360. Yeah. And uh, I played a lot of the movie game, The Rivals, and I played Most Wanted... Uh, a lot of the originals, I really didn't have, you know, the first PlayStation. So I played a lot of Gran Turismo, too. Uh, Gran Turismo is great. And that that was always more of a simulator, right? Yeah, a lot of it's simulating now, right? Like, like, like I remember, like, in order to actually move forward in that game, you actually had to take uh, qualifying uh, runs and everything. Yeah. Like, even just, like, a basic driving test. Yeah, I mean, the, the only real game that I do play that is any driving game is probably Forza Horizon. Yeah. You know, because yeah. uh, it feels like you're driving co- uh, cross country in a modern day hyper supercar, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Hell Badass. yeah. Badass. Yeah. I like the the level of realism that Need for Speed had, even in its early entries, you know, like, you know, even going back to like just having a, a standard transmission in cars and having to like shift up and whatnot and i know that's a pretty standard convention today but oh yeah definitely but yeah i mean the early need for speed games it's just something that brings a lot of nostalgia to me and when when they actually announced this movie i was was just like oh okay i mean there's actually a lot you can do with making a movie out of a video game like this because it's not like this had any type of linear storyline at least not until like certain later uh iterations of the franchise like i believe that there was a uh there was one released in uh, the ps3 and uh, 360 era that was literally like a cross-country run or something like that so i mean it had different iterations and i mean you can really really just take something like this and just kind of build an its own unique universe right oh yeah definitely dude yeah i believe so I mean, even down to certain gameplay elements, like, for instance, you know, something that was uh, introduced in the third game, which is Hot Pursuit, which is, of course, you know, the police pursuits mm. and whatnot. I mean, this has a pretty intense police pursuit near the end, you know, when they're uh, racing the De Leon. De Leon. Exactly. Now, Robert, what is your experience with this particular movie? How did you come to know about it and... Uh, how did you originally see it? Um, I just remember watching the old trailers on TV and then, um, watching them through YouTube mostly. And then, uh, actually saw this at the movies in 2014 when it came out, you know? Yeah. I saw in your DVD case actually that you have the original ticket. Yeah. I still got my movie ticket for it. Yeah. You got the ticket stub for it. Dude, it was actually badass on the screen. Like, just the engine sounds. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I wish I could have seen Ford versus Ferrari at the movies. Like, Oh, that would have been an absolute experience. Right? Yeah, just I for mean, the experience. Of, it's a total popcorn movie, though, isn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, totally, yeah. Racing movies like this make the best popcorn movies, I think. I mean, there's a reason why Fast, the, the Fast and Furious franchise became what it is, you know? I would say this is better than some of the later Fast and Furious movies. It is. It is uh, honestly, a little bit. You know, it, it's 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 pretty tight, and like I, I really kind of invested myself in the protagonist plot with like Aaron Paul and what he was doing and the revenge thing. And well, what I would say is that maybe at its core, it's probably closer to the very first Fast and Furious movie, and that you know, I mean, it's not trying to be anything bigger than it already is, you know. It's a more compact kind of story, you know? I mean, the, the, the later 
uh, movies in the Fast franchise, I mean, they start getting bigger and more grandiose, and they start getting crazier. And, well, and you, you know, gotta top off some of the stunts, and this movie does do a, a couple stunts, but they feel a little bit more grounded. It's like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do gas while we're driving. No, we're gonna fuel without stopping, uh, or or like we're gonna fucking. Uh, have a helicopter pick up the car while it's driving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of the a lot of the Fast and the Furious they they forgot about racing, like only in like in the beginning of some of the movies to where they do like do a racing route. Yeah, but but it's like whenever you you start out with stunts like that, even in like the early films, it's like how do you, how you have to keep going higher, right? You have to go and do more, and so yeah, the movies start to become a little bit less about racing and well, more the- about. The, yeah. other, the other side of that is the uh, car stunts become so unbelievable that you absolutely have to CGI most of it to make oh, it. Oh, no shit. To right? actually make it, you know, feasible in, oh, no. in within a film production and everything. But this movie, though, this movie, the majority of the car stunts, they were done completely practically. They yep. use they use mostly car shells, of course. You know, they, they fitted uh, special stunt cars with the shells of the actual, uh, you know, cars yeah. that we see in the movie it's pretty much a kit car with like ls3 or ls5 motors yeah the the, the Keenix egg the uh the 4.8 million dollar car like that was just a shell that cost three hundred thousand dollars yeah that's for the shell of that car alone damn yeah the original koenig egg is like two to three million holy but, shit but yeah these were all kit cars designed in frames oh, so they are with ls5 motors that'll reach about 500 horses yeah the original koenig zegs will reach up to 1200 uh 1400 horsepower god damn but, man that, that's i mean j- just for comparison how close is that to an actual racing car an official like let's say uh they found a way Formula to make one it one or something like that or oh yeah dude oh my god formula one see uh the idea of these cars they maximize at 270 miles an hour yeah okay i see that's fucking insane right yeah Yeah. i mean there's a scene in this movie where i mean they are like uh pretty much disputing how fast it'll go he's like aaron paul's character is just like oh no this will go easily 230 to 270 Oh Easily. yeah, the Mustang. Yeah. They were the talking Mustang. about a theoretical. The Mustang will go two thirty, but the the Koenigseggs those go two seventy. Yeah. Yeah. That is a twenty thirteen Shelby GT five hundred Super Snake yeah. wide body with a five point eight liter supercharged V eight and two different tunes. 662 horsepower and the other one 850 horsepower. They were talking about a world record top speed with a Mustang. That's fucking insane, dude. Like and, and apparently this is the car in the final scene is the uh, 2015 uh, GT prototype. Yeah, the 2015. The whole world was waiting just to see the ending, too. That's what's crazy. You know, it's like, I mean, the entire car world was like, oh, we got to watch this movie. We're we got to see, see what, what the, the new... 2015 looks like. Exactly. Fucking A, man. It's like, I mean, what other notable cars are, are seen in this movie, Robert? Uh, the Bugatti, dude. It was like carbon fiber and orange and a. Uh, the 69 Torino he had, uh, they call that the 69 GT Fastback. And apparently there was a little goof there when it came to that uh, Torino. Yeah, there's a lot. When, when, Dore- when Dino is talking about it to his crew. Yeah, there's I mean, a lot of dispute on what people actually call it. Yeah, uh, apparently it says here on IMDb, you know, he mentions a Grand Torino. And, and he's talking about the blue four that Toby drove in. But I mean, he's he might be mistaken because uh, the 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 40s referring is a '69 Torino, and the Grand Torino trim level was announced in 1972. So there's a little bit of an er- error there. Yeah, they called it like the Ford GT, the Ford Talladega, or uh, even I've heard like a '69 Fairlane. I oh mean, yeah, I've heard even just like a Ford GT, the way they called it. Damn. There's so many names for that error, but it still has the brand of Torino GT Fastback, you know? Yeah. So yeah. so it's so it's easy to kind of get them a little confused. Yeah. 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 I mean, when you look at it, it's like, dude, is that a Mustang Fastback? No, it's like a Torino with a Fairlane. Yeah. Made to look like of the Mustang Fastback, right? Right. <laughs> That's the way I see it. And I, I wouldn't throw it away, dude. That thing is cool as shit. You can probably pick one up for like the shell. I've seen them around the rolling shell for like three thousand dollars. Seriously? Wow. Yeah. 
So, and, so that's just for the outer shell of the vehicle and not like... Yeah, it not working and just sitting there. You can probably pick one up for cheap, but... uh. And built it to work. So you can make a you can make a pretty cheap movie car that that way. Yeah, very I mean, easily. I have seen a few of these, and uh, they do go for some money if they're working right. You know, like like how much? Like what? Um, what do they usually fetch? Like in the twenty thousand, thirty thousand range. God damn! No shit. Just for just for reference, I made just under twenty grand last year in in my income. So mm. just under. So some bitch. It's like, Jesus Christ, that's my entire year's salary just for that one fucking car. Fuck, they're fucking us, dude. Damn it. God damn it. But yeah, I mean, the actual racing and car chase scenes in this movie, let's talk about those a little bit. Let's talk about, you know, how they're shot, you know, how they were choreographed. I mean, like we said, this was all 100% practical effects right here. There is like, these are professional drivers they are absolutely out there driving this shit. There's nothing CGI about any of this. This is that, that's and I think that's what makes this movie a, a bit more likable to me is that it's it's a lot more old school in a way. Yeah, I think it was a huge chance to use GoPros too, right? Kind of like uh, Ethan Hawke's movie, the the getaway too, right? Yeah, yeah. It was just a chance to get those GoPros in there for another shot, right? Yeah, I mean, what was this uh, one of those first movies alongside maybe with like uh, Fast and the Furious that was really starting to use utilize GoPros in these types of uh, scenes? I really didn't. I don't think we used GoPros until this movie. You know, really? Because we, I don't know, just in a lot of the shots did, that I've when, seen. When did GoPros become a thing in movies? Like um, this is 2014, hmm. right here. Yeah, and early, early to mid 2010s. Yeah, they mounted the GoPro right onto the driver's head and it made it like first person driving, right? Oh uh, yeah, that, that yeah, was that, that's how you do it, right? Yeah, so, that was in, intense. And honestly. that actually put the driver or the audience in the driver's seat to just like bullet and uh, Ryan Gosling's drive, right? Yeah, I mean it's yeah. amazing how you know just the way that you shoot a scene like this has just kind of evolved over time, you know? I yeah. Mean, like compare that to Bullet, which, by the way, is referenced in this movie very briefly. That's right. There's that. Uh, uh, they're watching Bullet. Yeah. At the theater, like. <laughs> now look at the way that that movie was filmed. Like the car scenes in that movie. It's like that. Those were a lot more classical, you know. Oh yeah. But also, it was kind of a step forward for Hollywood at that time. Yeah. You know. I mean, th- this right here. I mean, th- this stands out because of the practical driving. Uh, and everything and all the professional uh, drifting and whatnot. Definitely. Robert, you need to get a job as as a stunt driver, bro. Stuntman. Be a goslin. Yeah. You gotta become a goslin, bro. Gotta be a goslin, dude. Gotta become the gosling, dude. Fall in love with my next door neighbor. Yeah, yeah I mean I mean <laughs> Dakota could have been the gosling, but Oh well he, he was the PD, right? He was <laughs> he never was able PD. to reach his full potential. Never reached never reached his full potential. Damn. God damn it. Wanted to make uh, Last Action Hero 2. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a Page Master 2. Page Master 2, stupid. And Home Alone 7. Home Alone 7? Oh, no. <laughs> why, why do we need more Home Alones? I don't know, just to fill that childhood void. Of Can't we just that. leave it at the first two and just be done with it? I, ha- I had a plan. I was going to make it like a Christmas story and Home Alone. Look. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Fucking stupid I had the bunny footed pajamas all picked up <laughs> But anyway Back to need for speed Yeah back to need for speed For fuck's sake <laughs> Yeah the plot of this movie Is interesting cause In many ways it's It's a combination of a road movie and also yeah. a revenge plot as well. Because, yeah, I mean, speaking of Petey, Petey is uh, Aaron Paul's uh, protege in this movie, and he is killed in a race with his rival, Dino. And yep, bastard fucking flips the car and just keeps going. Fucking bastard. And then he tries to do that to Aaron Paul later. And, uh, yeah, and he knows exactly what the fuck he's doing. Because, I mean, the first time was an accident, but when you do it a second time and you've, yeah, he was going for the kill. And that's what just makes his character more of a bastard. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Dino is just, you know, really slimy just from the get go. 
I mean, for one, he's he's uh, banging Aaron Paul's uh, uh, old girlfriend. For mm-hmm. one, so there there's that whole angle, you know. Yeah, and he comes at them for a job, and I know like a lot of the crewmates are like, "Don't do it," and I'm like, "No, do it." You, the, the the this is like a one of a kind car. You're gonna make money, but where he should have stopped is, is after that. Shouldn't have done, shouldn't have done the. Uh, the, the Koenigsegg race. Should have just walked away with the 500 grand. Yeah, just yeah. walk away with the 500 grand and just been all right with it. Just be like, okay, hey, we're good. We're, we're copacetic good. here. We're good. Yep. We can live. Go 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 and uh, pay off your lease and for the shop and be done with it. You know, right. but, but no, then we wouldn't have a movie and we wouldn't have the whole uh, prison sequence. You exactly. Know, where- we wouldn't have the next De Leon champion. No, absolutely. Because yeah. I mean, this this is what ultimately gives Aaron Paul his drive. You know, it's it's what gives him, you know, the motivation for him to just get out there and just be like, no, nah, fuck this shit. It's like we are. I am going to go to this race. I'm going to win. And I'm going to avenge Petey. Well, it's what makes the movie a personal journey, you know, and it's why you kind of invest in the protagonist's plight so much, and why you want him to win at the end. And I think what's cool is that. Like, 100%, the entire movie, he knew he was going back to jail. He knew as soon as he broke parole, that would come out. And it's evident by the way that he drives throughout the movie and doesn't give a fuck because he's already past the point of no return. And he's already, he he anticipated. And what's funny is, I, I don't, there's no there was no way he could have known that he was going to be able to clear his name. He just wanted to fucking win for Petey and to get back for Dino. Exactly. And, I mean, Dino is especially contemptible because, I mean, he's the one who frames uh, Aaron Paul and puts him in prison. He absolutely frames him for Petey's death. Yes, he does. So and, and that is a petard that he is hoisted from, like, later on in the movie, whenever uh, we get to the end of the, uh, we get to the actual De Leon race. Right. Yeah, but, I mean, first off, we have this uh, kind of cross-country uh I, is it really cross country? I guess it's like New York to California, right? West coast to east, east coast to west coast. Yeah, in like forty-eight hours, bro. Forty-eight hours. They have to yeah. go from one coast to the other in forty-eight hours. Ooh, how are we gonna do it, right? Well, for one, I mean, you get the uh, Shelby GT five hundred. I think that's what that is. You get Carol Shelby's concept car, and then you also get Imogen Poots to go with you as your right. secondary. Yep. With that, with that British accent. The, oh, yeah. The hot British accent. The hot British accent. In a lot exactly. of ways, that's pretty much smoking the bandit right there. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah. It's already uh, it's already Burt Reynolds and uh, who was it? In? Sally Field. Sally Field? Yeah. yeah, Sally Field. And then we have uh, Kid Cuddy as the eyes in the sky. Right? This is Kid Cuddy? Yeah, uh-huh. Kid Cuddy. Hell yeah, man. And honestly, he's a, he's a fun character, I think. Honestly, I mean, yeah, we were talking about the eye in the sky. It's like, that is a huge part of the driver. And it's kind of this running gag that he just shows up in different aircraft. Like, he, at the, by the end of the movie, he's in a military aircraft. Yep. You know? He, he keeps building up and saying he, like, he can pl- fly, fly an Apache or... Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's, he's like, yeah, now you know I can fly a fucking Apache. Yeah, yeah, he's building that up the whole movie, and they don't believe him. And then he's like, "No, nah, no, nah, you want my help? I need you to like." <laughs> yeah, he shows I need you up. To say it, yeah. He shows up with an Apache. It's like holy yeah. shit, dude. It's like you better say it. Better, you better say it. <laughs> better say that I'm not lying. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And of course, he is the main black man of the character of the movie. So hell yeah. Yep. Hell yeah. <laughs> Testify. And uh, Remy Malik is in this movie. Uh huh. Yeah, I noticed. That. I was like, "Is that Remy Malik?" And then, y- yeah, yeah. I, I squinted my eyes. Like, holy shit, that is Remy Malik, is it? Yeah, and then he leaves his work in like the most Chad way possible. Oh, that's actually a very fun scene. I mean, he just he just starts stripping, and he's just like, "Nah, I don't give a fuck." Yeah, one of the chicks is just like, "Call me." Oh, <laughs> He pretty much he pretty much makes out with uh, one of them as well, and then, my, and then then he flashes everybody his ass and, oh, his, and his dick. It's a perfect way to go out. Oh, that is the way to go out. And then he's just like, Fuck "Dude, all you miserable bastards!" And then his homeboy's just like, "Dude, why are you naked?" It's like, because that way I'd never be able to go back. <laughs> smart man, there you go. smart man. Yeah, that's a smart man, right? Uh huh. <laughs> 
I mean, that's why you walk out, right? You don't put in two weeks to make sure you don't go back. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. I, I know I know you know what that's about. Oh, right? yeah. Like, we all know that you know we, what that's we, about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We all Fuck know. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, I've, I I exited a job in... Uh, I, I'm probably not going to bring it up, but I'll, I, I did exit a job in a... Uh, in a way, kind of, kind of similar to that. No, I didn't flash anybody. It wasn't in public. It was remote. But actually, you know what? So fuck you, fla- you flash somebody on a remote? No. Call? <laughs> no. 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 Actually, I'll tell you what I did. I answered. I was working for uh, customer support. Uh, you know, remote call center, and uh, I, I answered the phone and I said. Pete's Pizzeria and Abortion Clinic, where yesterday's loss becomes today's sauce. <laughs> oh my god! Nice. Yeah, and then then I um I, I I stayed on with the caller just for like a few seconds to see what they'd say. No response. I think they were stunned. <laughs> I hung up and I immediately emailed my boss. You know, uh, here's quit. you know I, I'm I'm officially submitting my my resignation. The vibes are off. That Something is, to that effect. The vibes are off, bro. Yeah, that, that that's the best way to say that you quit. Uh, the vibes are off, bro. I wasn't a fan, and you know what? Now I'm doing software engineering and stepping my foot into that career. So, you know, it just goes to show. Yeah, you you got to have that drive. You got to be able to go for your dream, like uh, like Toby Marshall does. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he, he's like, I'm going to win the Daily On, and I'm going to win those Lambos. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, and Michael Keaton, this is his race also. Oh, yeah, Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Ba- Batman himself, re- re- he's going to be returning to the role in, in, in the next, uh, in the Flash in movie. In the Flash I'm, movie. I, oh, yeah. I, I came. I came when I saw that. I came With, with the original everything. Schumacher in a Bur- Burton Batman music. Yep, uh, yep, they had the, the Danny Elfman music. The Danny Elfman music. It looked Fuck like he was yeah. wearing Val Kilmer's Batman suit. It, it did it, a little it, bit, it, right? it looked good, though, right? I mean, is he able to move his neck now, though? I mean, are they able to... I mean, they they perfected that now. Can he move his neck now? I hope so. I hope so. I mean, unless they just want to be movie accurate. Yeah, all right. Which is like, no, let, let the poor man move his neck. They, they were <laughs> able to do that for Christian Bale and Ben Affleck. I mean... It's been how many years since uh, Batman Returns, too? And I think that's where they're picking up continuity-wise. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, yeah, he's had this much time to perfect the cow. Batman Returns the universe. was 1992, right? Yeah. Long time. Mm, man, we need to do that as a Christmas episode. We should. So that would be an amazing Christmas episode it's with... Like, uh, with Captain Nostalgia? 30, yeah. 30 yeah. 31 years not putting on the suit. I know. God damn. damn. Yep. But fuck yeah, dude. I mean, it, it, it was about time for him to come back to the role, I think. Yeah. Honestly, out of respect to Adam West, he should have. He should suit right up. Yeah. Absolutely. So are we ever going to get our multiverse uh, Batman where we get, like, Christian Bale and uh, Ben Affleck and, you know. Like a Spider-Verse. Yeah. Like a Spider-Verse. <laughs> are, are we gonna get the Spider Verse with Batman? We should. And we the should get the Robert Pattinson, the the uh, uh, the Christian Bale, and the Michael Keaton all together. Fuck it. Go ahead and throw Ben Affleck in there. Let him let him kind of redeem himself like Garfield did, right? <laughs> I think, Absolutely. Yeah. I think they should do that with horror too. Like that way, the chainsaw can revisit the timeline, and <laughs> Michael Myers can revisit his timeline. <laughs> oh my God! Are we still brothers? going to do more Michael Myers? Robert? I don't know. Like, do, if we really, had, do we really need more Michael Myers? If they all time travel, that's the thing. Now it's time travel. <laughs> We're not going to have time traveling Michael now, Myers. Now it's different. Don't universe. give John, don't give John Carpenter or David Gordon Green ideas. Now we're talking the about now we're talking about parallel universes. Don't don't give them ideas. <laughs> Halloween into the Michaelverse. Into the Michaelverse. Oh right? my god. Where H two O the original and Rob Zombies meet, and the reboot. Yeah. Michael I, versus I, Michael I, versus I Michael. Absolutely. Michael versus Michael. It'll be like Jet Li, you know, there can only be one. <laughs> yeah. The one. I'm down for it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My God. My God. There can only be one. There can only be one. Damn it. Yeah, I, th- I think the original timeline, Michael, is going to win out. The the part six. Oh, yeah. Maybe a 1976 Michael will win, right? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Or part two, uh, Michael. Part <laughs> need, need for speed, right? <laughs> need, need for speed. Need for speed. took everything from me. 
do not fear, for you are with me. All those who defied me shall be ashamed and disgraced. Those who wage war against me shall perish. I will find strength, find guidance, and I will triumph. Yeah, but back to Michael Keaton in this movie. Yeah, he yeah, is Michael the, Keaton. He is the uh, dude that actually runs the Daily On, and he apparently, I guess, he has a, a live stream or something, or or a broadcast that's specifically broadcast to the car world, to the underground racing circuit or whatever. Yeah, and let's let's go ahead and talk about the race itself. Like, what what is the actual race in this movie? What is the Daily On here? Like, what is what where are they going from to and from? Uh, the Daily Own race, it's pretty much an underground secret race. I gotcha. So basically, it's, it's the Kumite of underground racing? There you go. There you go. It's the it's, 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 is, is this just fucking blood sport, but for fucking cars? Yeah. <laughs> you almost have to buy your way in. You notice how Dino just bought his way into... Yeah. I mean, he's he's a former champion. He he won a few Daily Owns. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, see, Aaron Paul's character is is that he is a lot better than Dino. Uh, his skill is far beyond Dino's, but Dino's the pro, though, you know? Right. Shit. And then that's kind of what starts the whole thing, is this just kind of this hubris of, you know, like, I'm the pro, but, like, here's this hotshot kid, basically, to him, you know? Yeah, and basically, and look what it ends up with, you know, with the dead protege. Yup. It was oh, like... Petey, we hardly knew he. Poor Petey. And uh, it was it was mentioned like, dude, you you could never have got that Mustang to like two thirty, right? Oh no, there's there's no way you could have. It's like, bro, you can have done that, but but Aaron Paul did it, right? Uh, he absolutely did. <laughs> like a Chad. But yeah, I mean the the race itself. I mean it. Th this is where the police chase comes in, you know, which is of course you know going back to a hot pursuit in the video game, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. I mean it. It's actually really crazy because, I mean, you start to see just racers just, you know, start biting the dust left and right here. Mm -hmm. It's like the pod race scene in uh, Phantom Menace. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what is the, uh, it was the race with the, uh, with the supercars that uh, it had a little reference to Smokey and the Bandit, right? Oh, right in the beginning, right? Yeah. All three Koenigseggs. Koenigseggs, and then they, they uh, like the uh, Trans Am is going 120, and you see somebody <laughs> who looks suspiciously like the bandit. Yeah, he looks like Burt Reynolds. He's kind of a Burt Reynolds stand-in. And, uh, yeah, he's going 120 miles, and then they just, like, speed past him like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, like, was... it's like, I mean, move over, old man. Yeah, that was a crack at the bandit movie. Yeah. That was really cool, though. Yeah. <laughs> nice little Easter egg. But I like the actual uh, ending of the De Leon race, you know, like, I mean, Toby's uh, like, I mean, Toby's uh, pretty much going to win the race. He's he even took Dino out, you know, like, I mean, I don't remember if he did it on purpose or not. I think it was just an accident, but oh, yeah, Dino yeah. was taken out. He's driving up to the lighthouse, which is like the end point, And he stops and he decides to go back and help Dino. Despite seeing earlier in the film that he wouldn't if that scenario were to happen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but he does the honorable thing. He goes back and he saves him. And, of yep. course, you know, Dito is arrested and so is uh, Toby, you know. But he's cleared his name. So it's like, you know, it's like Michael Keaton says. He's like, uh, so a few yep. months in jail to clear your name. Was hey. it worth it? And, and and we haven't brought up the uh, petard that you know he actually used to you know fuck Dino over there, and that's he it, it, and that's because of uh, Dino's girlfriend and uh, Toby's ex girlfriend. Uh -huh. What was her name? I don't remember her name, but 
Yeah, she actually finds the uh, red uh, Koenigsegg that was uh, you that Dina was driving that uh, pretty much flipped uh, Petey's car. Like she found it and uh, it pretty much allowed uh, Aaron Paul uh, Toby to race it in the De Leon. It was Anita. Yeah, Dakota Anita. Johnson, right? Yeah, that's the Dakota Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean, that's actually a pretty brilliant way to just kind of give a massive fuck you to Dino, you know? Yup, yup. Cleared his fucking name in the process. And see, what's funny is he couldn't have known that that was going to happen, but it did. And so it's like, you know, he really kind of gets everything back. He wins the race. He's got the money, the car waiting for him, you know? Yeah. He's got the girl, you know, the new girl, the hot one. The, the hot, hot one. British one. The I think British that, that's Imogen Poots, I think. Imogen Poots, yep. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's got to do a couple months in jail. What's that, right? Shit. I mean, that, that's not much. He just did two years. Just for illegal street racing. That's that's all, that's all he's got. It, he's in for. Hey, and, and then he's just he's got all that money and all that shit waiting for him. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. that's, hey that, that's win-win, right? Oh, yeah. All that money's waiting for him when he gets out. I'm mean, like, dude, I won. Fuck I'm, yeah. I'm a millionaire, and I'm getting out of jail. Holy fuck it. Exactly. Fuck it. Multi-millionaire at that point. Hell yeah. Dude, fucking invest the money. Let it sit while you're in jail a few months. See what happens. Right. <laughs> De Leon is pretty much like a like a high-end Le Mans, right? Yeah, right? Shit. Just high-end uh, secret underground Le Mans. Exactly, pretty much. And I mean, it looks like a really intense race and whatnot, you know? I mean, but then again, I don't know a whole lot about racing, so... How would you how would you drive that fucking race, Robert? Like, if you were in one of those cars, like, how would you approach it? And uh, I mean, you just get out of jail. You got nothing to lose. Uh, probably more dangerous than anything. Yeah, got to be a bat out of hell, right? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you got nothing to lose. You're gonna you're gonna. It's pretty much like the true classic underdog story, right? Very much so. C- the Cinderella story. <laughs> just, just like Rocky, Rocky Balboa. But yeah, I mean, now, like we said, the director, uh, what's his name? Was it dire- Scott Wow or something? Wow, I don't know. Scott Wow, he's done a few interesting movies as well, right? Yeah. So looking it up, like Triple X or something. No, uh, it says that he's done just uh, this, uh, Expendables Four. Uh, Six Below, Miracle on the Mountain in 2017, Act of Valor in 2012. Hmm. Looks like he's got something in the works. Oh, nice. All right. So so there are four Expendables movies? Really? I didn't even know that. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I, didn't I know think that I watched the a, first two. I didn't know that there was fun, a but, fourth one? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Honestly, how many times can you really take that concept that's true because I feel like it. I really feel like two was kind of pushing it, you know. Yeah, it was right? kind of like 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 you're like okay, yeah, we told all the jokes, we got Chuck Norris in, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like how how much further could he go with that? But I don't know. I haven't watched the other two, so. God damn it! It's like honestly, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I I think I don't think I've even seen the other Expendables movies. No, I, I've probably seen maybe I barely remember part three. Yeah. Oh yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah, there was a point to where I'm like, oh man, I'm just even even the Marvel movies. I just got like, dude, I can't keep up with all this shit. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> believe it's, me, it's really hard. <laughs> I mean, we're we're pretty much keeping up with the Marvel movies. I mean, we just watched Ant Man not too long ago. I'm, <laughs> I'm still invested in it because like there'll there'll be like, oh, here's this hero that we haven't seen in a while, or this hero that I've been really excited to see a movie about. So Marvel's managed to keep my interest. I know a lot of people have like the superhero fatigue, but I don't get it. Like I feel like the movies are different enough and like there's always something that like, yeah, I'm really excited to see this come to the big screen. Yeah. I mean, for me, I I was always a casual Marvel fan, so actually going to the theaters and following these movies has been a very different experience for me. You know, I mean, in many ways, I could take it or leave it, but I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's good for us to go out and watch those movies and review them and whatnot. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. I think that maybe we should start wrapping this up, right? Yeah, I mean, we come to a close, yeah. closing topic, right? Or, yeah. So let's go ahead and get to final thoughts. We'll go ahead and start with Ash. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, as a video game movie, first of all, I think it, it kind of captures the uh, essence of the series overall. I mean, obviously, there wasn't a lot of story to draw from. So, I mean, it, it basically just translates into, yeah, I mean, here's another, like, Fast and Furious type, like, racing movie. Um, they do the crazy stunts, but... Uh, I think for what it was, it's a lot of fun. It's a great popcorn movie. Um, I I even kind of felt invested in like the character stories and whatnot. So yeah, the plot of this movie and, and the script and everything is actually a lot tighter than you would think for something yeah. like this. You know? Yeah, and it's the dialogue's cheesy, but like you know, that's all par for the course. It's like you're kind of here for the but, ride. And I mean, when you have likable enough characters, I mean, that can work and yeah. everything. You know, you don't even have to turn your brain off completely. I would say. I mean, I feel like it kind of toes that line. Yeah, no, this is a really. I mean, you could kind of put this on in the background, but you could actually kind of sit down and watch this movie, and you can actually be like, yeah, you know, this this whole you know cross country trip is interesting, or you know this. This race that he's in is is pretty cool and whatnot, you know, and and just the way everything is shot. I mean, it's 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 very grounded, you know. Yeah, the original Death Race, the uh, two thousand or three thousand, um, not the Jason Statham one, the one Sylvester Stallone did in the seventies. I mean, that was almost almost like a rat race cross country thing. Kind of, sorta, yeah. I think I have that somewhere. We got to well, find it. Robert, we may as well go ahead and get your final thoughts. Um, yeah. There was a time, you know, around this era where they were bringing back the old vintage car racing thing from like the 70s, 60s and 70s. But, you know, I, I was putting this movie on over and over right when it came out. And it reminds you of Bullet and gone in 60 seconds and Brian Gosling's drive you know and I don't know kind of makes you want to do your own car movie too yeah totally I mean I, I will say that I mean this movie right here I mean I'm not really somebody who really watches movies like this all the time you know but this is one that I would probably have in my collection I mean I have a few movies I have this uh I have this 10-movie uh, uh, box set of all different types of uh, car-based movies and whatnot. And uh, I believe that I have uh, the original Fast and Furious, uh, the, the Roger Corman Fast and Furious black and white one. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. That one's insane. Yeah. Shit. But I would probably go ahead and add this one to my collection, I would, I would think, maybe. Yeah, because uh, the special effects, man, I mean, they are great. I mean, Yeah, and all practical. Practical makes you feel like you're in the actual car. I mean, I would say probably the only CGI that's in this movie is probably that one, the one's, uh, like, reveal party they have for the Shelby GT500. And oh. that's CGI in-universe. So. And it's where's in-universe, the holog- Where's yeah. the hologram over the car? Yeah, 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 it's a hologram. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's pretty. That's practically the only other CGI, save for maybe screen stuff that you see in this movie. You know, it looked yeah. good though. I mean, holy sh- It did. It didn't look bad. It's like, oh, it made it look like a real hologram over the car. Right? <laughs> and honestly, that that's what's great about this movie is that the one the one bit of CGI we have here is something that's in universe, and it doesn't. It, it looks great. Yeah, you know? exactly. It actually looks like it'd be a cool hologram in real life. We're turning the horses and it turned into the car. Right? Yeah, exactly. That, that, that was, was cool. really cool. And then it actually presented the car yeah, itself. It's like, oh shit, dude. Next yeah, that was pretty badass, actually. You know, okay. good use of CGI there. That was good. Nice. Yeah. Now, my final thoughts on this movie are pretty much just that. It's 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 a very very straightforward you know action car movie, and it's got just enough of a tight enough script that you know you can actually sit down and watch it and get invested in it and actually you know kind of jive with it you know makes yeah. you want to buy a mustang right it kind of does you know like yeah. i said i'm not necessarily a car nerd or anything like that but yeah man this makes me kind of want to get one of oh yeah that's like that yeah that goddamn mustang looks amazing honestly 
So, but yeah, I, I like the uh, cinematography and the uh, actual screenplay when it comes to the action scenes and everything. You know, like the the plot has some stakes to it. It feels like, yeah, you know, I mean, w- way better stakes than you maybe in like certain mid period Fast and the Furious movies. You know, and those have like they try to make the stakes like ridiculously high. But the reason that this works here is because it's a lot more of a it's a smaller story, you know? I mean, yeah, there was a it's point. A, oh, just sorry. an underdog story. There was a point in Fast and the Furious to where they weren't even racing anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah. They, they like, lost the plot there. They lost them. This right here, this this still has a uh, a reverence for, you know, car culture and whatnot. I think you kind of, like, lost it in, like, Tokyo Drift. I mean, that was the shit, right? Yeah, that, that, that's the third movie, right? Yeah. Uh, around the third or fourth movie, that's when it started to get a little more fantastical. You started to see more CGI with being used. Also building the Mustang with the with the 240 motor, right? Yeah. <laughs> like a Japanese motor inside American muscle. Jesus Christ. And they actually, they, did, they actually did that. And, dude, it's amazing. Wow. No way. <laughs> God damn it. But yeah, this is an this was an entertaining watch. It's not a half bad movie. I would say go ahead and at least rent it and watch it. At the very least, it's worth a rental. Worth a rental, possibly add it to your video collection. Possibly add it to your video collection, yeah. With with your car movie, if you're a car enthusiast, yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, I guess we're at the point where we can start doing plugs for Collateral Gaming, Ash. Uh, what's coming up for uh, that podcast? Well, we're doing another uh, collab as we tackle the Ace Attorney franchise. So for uh, uh, the other half of our Miyakiversary special on Collateral Cinema, we're collaborating with Collateral Gaming to talk about the Takashi Miike Ace Attorney movie. And then on the Collateral Gaming side, we're talking about uh, the series proper uh, with a look at the uh, original Ace Attorney trilogy, which, man, I'm, I'm really excited to get into because I, I fucking love the series. That really does sound exciting, honestly. I mean, I I never really got into Ace Attorney that much. I mean, although, you know, being that, you know, when I was growing up, I was very much an aficionado of those types of uh, mystery stories and whatnot. Like, like I, I would read a lot of Agatha Christie and, you know, like uh, the Ellery Queen uh, magazines or Alfred Hitchcock magazine. Yeah. So I was an enthusiast of that sort of thing. And so... Yeah, I mean, Ace Attorney could probably appeal to me, but I mean, I don't know. I wasn't really the, I wasn't really that enamored by the DS or anything like that. And I think that's when it really came out, right around the area of, of the DS. Well, the original trilogy Dance. came out in Japan on the GBA, but when it came to the states, it was on the DS. I got you. I think it was one of the the better, like like took to better one of the games that better took advantage of the DS. And what could be done on that. And it wasn't focusing on like 3D graphics. It was all 2D sprites. And um, yeah, it, it does have a very unique art style to it. That's yeah. And, you know, just being a visual novel like game. Yeah. Honestly, it's like it's like a visual novel, but not. But not. Yeah. You know, it's more <laughs> like a choose your own adventure, maybe. But even then, not like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get into it. And, and then it's like a courtroom sim, uh-huh. sort of. Yeah, so... And then you, 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 when you branch off of that, you start getting into, like, Danganronpa and shit, so... Oh, goddamn Danganronpa. Danganronpa, goddamn it. <laughs> oh, that's, like, uber-weeb shit. But, no, I I, I love the... It's an, again, like, I, I love the characters, the story. Oh, it's so good. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, the Takashi Miike making a movie. How perfect is that? Par for the course. Fucking awesome. Fucking amazing. So stay tuned for that. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess that that's pretty much it for this month. Next month we should be doing Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And on Collateral Cinema, we're starting to get into the home stretch for our season right here. We only have a few episodes left now. Uh, Our next episode is going to be a Mel Brooks classic, a perennial favorite of mine, man. I loved watching this movie when I was a kid, and that's Spaceballs, man. May the Schwartz be with (laughs) you. Hell yeah, that was actually my pick. 
Yeah, that was. And and because we did the Star Wars prequel trilogy last season, so I felt it was appropriate to just get into a Star Wars parody. Yeah, definitely, man. And this is like the Star Wars parody. So uh-huh. Yeah, I'm I fucking really... love Mel Brooks, so. And and it's such a fun and quotable movie and with so many great scenes. It's like it's up there to me with like Monty Python and the Holy Grail or Airplane yeah. or Naked Gun. It's just like some of the best fucking comedy movies ever made. So. Re-release Quest was, for Peace. Ooh, four, what, 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 Superman 4, The Quest for Peace? Yeah, on 4K. Oh, shit. On 4K, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Dude, that looks good on a re-release 4K. The, the, the great, wow. The, the, the classic movie, Superman 4, Quest yeah. for Peace. Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. <laughs> coming, up, <laughs> coming up on some anniversaries, you know. That's crazy, man. Hell yeah. And his birthday, right? But yeah, anyway, we're doing Spaceballs, and then we're getting into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 1990 movie. And yeah, we may as well go ahead and announce our uh, season finale. It's going to be Corvette Summer. And uh, we're going to have some guest hosts on those last two episodes. We're going to have uh, our friends from Hindsight Movie Reviews and uh, Spy Hearts on those, uh, on those movies, respectively. So... We're looking forward to both of those. And, yeah, and Robert, you have anything that you want to plug? Uh, no, they'll have to tune in, and, you know, next next Bat Channel, you know. Next same Bat Time, same, same Bat Channel? Same Bat Time, same Bat Channel. All tune, right. Tune, <laughs> tune, in, tune in next week, you know. Tune in next week. For the exciting conclusion. The exciting conclusion. Steph-defying... Death drunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we need to do the original Adam West Batman movie. Yeah. Classic shit. Classic. Well, I guess we don't have anything else to say here or plug or add here anything. Yeah. So I guess I guess that uh does it for us. So with all of that said, I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Oregon. And I'm Ashley Chancellor. And this was Collateral Cinema. With Collateral Gaming. Fuck yeah, Need for Speed, y'all. Cinema is a collateral media podcast. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.